0: All right, for this podcast, it is all about caffeine and everyone always has questions about caffeine. So we know that this is a podcast you are going to love. We have collated all our responses around caffeine into one handy podcast for you. So buckle in, you are going to love this. There's lots of gems of info in this one. Uh, The topics include caffeine related to performance, um, how genetics can actually impact your response to caffeine. So if you didn't know that some people shouldn't actually have caffeine and it can actually have a negative impact on performance, you need to listen in um, the interactions between caffeine and sleep and also the timing of caffeine for both performance and also sleep and recovery so um, lots of things and lots of handy tips in this one so enjoy uh, for more information on supplements we've got our knowledge hub and also we do do event specific packages so if you are wondering how to use caffeine for your next race then definitely come chat to us do the prelim assessment on our homepage and we'll get back to you on um, an individualized plan for you so thank you enjoy the podcast all right so um basically we wanted to do a live today um for the main reason that last week a study was published on all things caffeine um and caffeine related to performance and we just thought the results were really really neat so we wanted to share them with you um at the early stages and see where that kind of takes us um following on so yeah we'll um keep you posted so if I look down there's just a few notes in terms of the percentage changes and whatnot but um yeah hopefully most of it I can talk to you about um, so basically this study was published um, on the effects of caffeine so basically caffeine has been known to improve performance um, in a lot of different um, areas particularly endurance performance um, and in this study it is looking at performance in a 10k time trial on the bike um, so basically Caffeine it works because it improves your um, perceived exertion, so basically how hard you're working seems easier and that means you can work at a harder rate and with that improve performance. So that's the main reason why we recommend caffeine. Um, so basically what we know is that when we research caffeine most of the time we see a really big performance benefit and so for most people we do recommend caffeine to be something that if you feel works for you can be a really big benefit. Um, so. You know, that's always been something that we know that it can vary. We've, in studies, we've seen that some people have um, no response or a negative response. Um, but, you know, it does vary and we haven't really known why. Now, what this study's shown, and it's basically looking at caffeine and the CYP1A2 gene. Um, And this gene basically is related to the the same CYP1A2 enzyme in the liver. So basically when we're metabolizing caffeine, um, we need this enzyme to actually break it down into its little constituents to actually be used and have the effects of caffeine that we love. Now some people have um, a lot of this enzyme and some don't have much at all. So it's similar to lactose intolerance in a way where um, we find that some people have lots of lactase um, to break down lactose and some people don't actually have that much. And um, depending on how much lactase you have um, makes you more susceptible to lactose intolerance because you run out of the lactase enzyme and you end up with lactose that um, then causes all the gut issues. So in caffeine, Basically, we've got different amounts of this enzyme to break down the caffeine. Now, what that means is that some people can actually digest caffeine very quickly, and what we find is those people generally um, can tolerate really high amounts of caffeine. They, can, they seem to be able to sleep at night even though they've had caffeine, so that is definitely not me. I am not a fast metabolizer, metabolizer I don't think, because um, I really can't sleep very well if I have caffeine before bed. Now other people find that they're very sensitive to caffeine and often we find that they're the really slow metabolizers. So when you're a slow metabolizer, you don't have much enzyme and what that means is that it stays in your blood for longer, it takes longer to get through, um, and that means that it's also going to interrupt obviously your sleep and things, and you may actually find that it has a negative um, effect. What it's actually found is that the fast metabolizer and what they call is the AA gene, um, and then the fast metabolizer from that, actually has a different response to um, caffeine in a performance setting than the slow metabolizer. And there's two slow metabolizers. There's the AC, which is about maybe 40% of the population. Um, And then there's the CC, which is, in this study, was about 8% of um, the people tested. So a bit about the study, there was about 100 um, trained male athletes doing it. Um, 49% were fast metabolizers of caffeine. 43% were um, slow metabolizers of caffeine in the um, heterozygous sense, and then the CC side of it was 8%. So basically, it kind of gave a pretty good indication of where everyone was at. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Now, they did a 10K cycling time trial, and I would have thought that the most would find a performance benefit, um, which is usually what we see. Um, But what they found was pretty incredible and it really makes um, that individuality of um, supplements even more important. So basically the fast metabolizers. So if you are someone who can tolerate high amounts of caffeine, um, it's a really good indication that you're probably a fast metabolizer. It doesn't impact your sleep. It doesn't make you really jittery or anxious or whatnot. Chances are you're actually going to be a really good person to use caffeine um, in an endurance sense for performance because The fast metabolizers, basically, if you had two milligrams per kilo of caffeine, um, your cycling time decreased, so improved by 5%, so 0.8 minutes in a 10K time trial, which for most people playing at home is pretty significant. Now, if you were to have four milligrams per kilo body weight of caffeine, um, your cycling time trial improved by seven percent, which is one point two minutes better. So, if you're a fast metabolizer, caffeine—that's a very good indication that um, caffeine is going to be really good for you. performance setting. Now, slow um, the AC type of um, metabolizer. So, keep in mind the AC type of metabolite. Um, made up 43% of this population. So it's very common. So a lot of us will be AC, and I have an, I have an inkling that I, pro- I personally am probably AC, um, just that I can tolerate uh, you know, the average amount of caffeine. Um, I wouldn't go overboard with it because I get quite anxious, um, but um, I wouldn't say that it stayed in my bloodstream for long. So I'm kind of, I think I'm probably in that AC setting. And they actually had saw not really any effect with caffeine in terms of performance, so that was really interesting. A little bit of benefit, but not to the extent of the um, AA fast metabolizing guys. Now this is the big one, and <laughs> when I was reading it, um, Dan was like, "What the hell? Why are you? Why are you like so in shock?" But um, basically, this is the CC type, and this is making making up about eight percent of the um, guys in the group that they tested. So it says that it's pretty well indicative of the population, that 8%. So we can probably say five to 10% of the population is this slow metabolizer of caffeine. And what they found was when they had four milligrams per kilo um, of body weight of caffeine, their time trial performance got worse, so slower, by 14%. So they were one and a half, no, sorry, two and a half minutes slower with caffeine um, compared to without it. So that is just phenomenal. So I think it's a really big thing to remember that just because caffeine works for someone else may, mean, may not mean that it's actually, not, actually going to work for you. So really make sure you're thinking about how you react to caffeine, whether it's going to be a good thing for you or not. Um, so basically that's the summary. Now where we're at in the moment with that is there is genetic testing um, available at times. Um, we like I kind of go off the genetic experts at AIS and their recommendations, and they are kind of at that point where we're not really we don't know enough about genetics to actually warrant using these genetic tests um, as a performance aid or um, guide. Um, but you know it will happen one day. It's just that we don't know enough about it. This is the first time that I've kind of gone, oh maybe there's actually something, um, maybe there's something to the that specific test um, that they might be able to get out. So I've Um, emailed a few um, genetic tests to see what they're actually testing with their caffeine metabolism side of things um, to see if it's actually what they're doing. So yeah, it could be really cool in the future to be able to know that um, and specify, you know, to the athletes, you know, individually what they actually will need. So that was just a really cool study that I wanted to um, translate for you. um, And yeah, we'll see where it ends up, but I think it has kind of opened my eyes and it's been a really neat thing to show um, just how individual sports nutrition is and also um, just other things for me to consider um, depending on how people react to different things and that caffeine side of things it really just answers a few questions for us more than anything which is really neat. Um, Kim, you thoughts, your thoughts on coffee before an event to wake up or switch on? Yeah um, so for me personally um, definitely and for most people um, they really do that they work well off caffeine. It's only just now that um, with this study is that that eight percent of the population really concerns me. That um, some people may not actually be good, but you may you are probably know in yourself if you know it is actually being a negative to you or not. And that if you are in that CC group, um, so for most people it can be a really good thing. Now the only thing with ca- coffee as such is that the amount of caffeine that you get varies so much between different coffees, different types, different brands. So. If you're looking for a performance advantage and you wanna know how many milligrams per kilo you're getting of caffeine, coffee is definitely not the best option, um, just because it varies so much. And because you're often traveling for races, you won't know how much you're getting or if you're getting enough or too much or if it's gonna play up. So if you're wanting to control the dose, definitely um, using a controlled dosage of caffeine through different means is better. Um, but for a wake-up and just general um, intake of coffee can be really good, and it's also good to get the um, digestive system running, as many um, triathletes and runners would be aware of. Um, It is good for that, so that's a win. Oh yes, Nat, so best dose then, gel or no dose? So um, there's a few different options there. Um, In terms of gel and no dose, gels generally have a range of maybe 30 milligrams to maybe 100 at the highest. Um, But, you know, the 100's pretty rare. Um, So if you're looking, the best dose is actually just what works best for you. So generally, anywhere from one to three milligrams per kilo is a good range. So if you weigh, um, say, 60 kilo, you're looking for around 60 milligrams at a serve as a minimum for a performance advantage, and then going around that 120 to 180 kind of mark. Um, as a range for you know that one to three milligrams per kilo, so however you decide to get that is up to you so that can be gained from coffee um, if you know how much is in it which is rare but you can kind of get an idea of how much um, but it can also get be gained from um, actual known sources such as nodos so nodos have hundred milligrams per um, tablet so often people have a really weird thing about nodos but really it's just a known source of caffeine which is really neat. Um, and so that we can go, okay, one or two tablets and know exactly how much people are getting in. So for us, it's a real safe option um, for caffeine dosage. Obviously, energy drinks have the amount of caffeine on them Um, and then you get to, say, gels. So gels are really handy to have caffeine in for those really long events where you're trying to spread out caffeine um, over the event and so they're really cool to be able to add in but it's very individual so pump, some people decide to have no caffeine in their gels and only have their caffeine in say nodos' or something like that during a race whereas others prefer to spread it out and have it always in their gels um, and not have any um, additional caffeine so very very individual <laughs> Kim, No-Dose, you. I agree. Um, so yeah, I've, I've used No-Dose. Um, recommend them because they're just a really known source of caffeine, so that's a win. No worries, Nat. Uh, any other questions? Um, what is the go with caffeine, say, post 4 p.m., keeping people awake? Do products with caffeine in them cause you to have trouble getting to sleep? Okay, really, really good question. And I was actually going to cover caffeine now because it's a really big thing to reconsider. And we've had in sporting teams that I've worked with actually caffeine interventions for this very reason that um, we worked out that athletes and many individuals on a day-to-day basis actually are never without caffeine in their system. So it's a really important thing to consider. So when you're thinking about caffeine, that after 4 p.m. or whatever rule you may have heard of the reasoning for that is caffeine has a quite long half-life and what that means is that it's got a half-life that is six hours long so when you have a drink of coffee or a caffeine-contained drink or whatever it may be it takes six hours to own to get through only half of that caffeine and then it takes another six hours to get through another half of that so you're left within a quarter after 12 hours and then another six hours to get through that quarter so over time, you're getting less and less caffeine over time with that breakdown and that metabolism of the caffeine, but it takes a really long time to get through it. So if you're having, if you're someone who drinks caffeine or caffeine-containing beverages all day, there's a really big chance you're never without caffeine in your system. So that stoppage before bed is why. So say you went to bed at 10, Amelia, that's why that you'd probably have heard that 4 p.m. after that because you'd get that at least through half of that caffeine by 10. Um, So what we try and do, if possible, obviously it depends on the day and the person a lot. um, But if we can stop caffeine, you know, after... 12 for some people after two for some people you've got to remember that some people are really fast metabolizers of caffeine and they probably don't feel affected by caffeine at all because that half life is actually probably less and then you've got some people who are normal to slow metabolizers of caffeine and they're going to feel the effects a lot more than the fast metabolizers so it's very very individual there's no one rule in terms of caffeine but you will find that um for some you will be able to drink all day and you'll be able to drink a whole lot and not necessarily feel the effects. But for people like, me I really really need to stop um after like say 12 and I will definitely have trouble falling asleep if I have coffee in the afternoon absolutely I've tried it it's just not even worth it for me so knowing that in yourself is really important that you know if you do feel like half of coffee affects you then yes um definitely stop um early in the afternoon before lunch whatever it may be for you are you a nighttime coffee drinker i've never understood these people amelia amazing so yeah you you may be a really fast metabolizer and the good thing about that is being a fast metabolizer is actually that you see the best performance effects in sport with caffeine so um if you have coffee for your races you're actually more likely to see performance benefits than a slow metabolizer so that's a win um definitely use coffee if that's you (laughs) um so Um, Caffeine's a really big thing to remember. So if you are someone who has a lot of caffeine over the day, it is important to pull back, um, particularly if you're finding that your sleep is impacted. Now the big thing about coffee is that some people actually find that they can fall asleep absolutely fine with coffee in the system, but we do know that it stops them Um, getting into that deep REM, deep restorative sleep. So a REM cycle takes about four hours. So if you've always got a lot of caffeine in your system, what we find is that you can actually fall asleep. Amelia, this is you. You can actually fall asleep, but you may not actually get into that deep restorative sleep, which is actually really, really important. So um, making sure that you're going into that deep restorative sleep is so important for recovery, so important for obviously energy levels, those types of things. So um, making sure that you're considering that as well as not just how you're falling asleep, um, thoughts on coffee, caffeine first up in the morning. Oh, Ali, this is a really interesting question. So basically with caffeine, it's actually, um, cortisol highest when you wake. So that stress hormone is highest when you wake. So it's interesting with that whole fasting thing. Are you actually just increasing, um, stress on the body? If you're training fast and those types of things, and you know, is it actually a positive or negative It's all really still up in the air. Um, but With the caffeine side of things, um, you naturally should be waking pretty well, hopefully, um, when you wake. So your um, circadian rhythm actually allows you to wake pretty well when you first wake. And it's actually shown that you should be having caffeine around that nine to 11 a.m. each time where that naturally drops is where caffeine's the most effective to then lift you back up over lunchtime. So if you can actually hold off and not have it first thing in the morning, it's actually a really good thing um, to just allow your um, natural circadian rhythm to be in place for you to wake up and then go from there. So. If you can wait till 9 to 11, I know, at the moment I'm failing at that miserably. If you can wait till 11, that is a really good thing to be able to do. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed our waffle, we would love for you to leave us a review and subscribe to our pod on either iTunes or Stitcher. For even more on all things nutrition and performance, make sure you follow Compete Nutrition on Facebook and Instagram. We hold a live every Thursday night at 8.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, this has been the Compete Waffle.